This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, what up, man? This is Randy McMichael of 99 The Game here in Atlanta, Georgia. Also, always going to be a Georgia Bulldog, former the greatest tight end in Miami Dolphins history, Randy McMichael, and you'll listen to me on the Jake Brown Show. That got me hyped. Damn. <laughs> the GOAT. <laughs> And welcome to the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's radio.com podcast network, iTunes, and Spotify as well. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show. Rate us, review us, call us the GOAT of podcasts, as you heard in the drop. This man on the line, Randy McMichael, said it, laid it out on the line for you guys, said, I am the greatest tight end in Miami Dolphins history. Randy McMichael, 92-9, the game, Falcons pregame, played 11 years in the NFL uh, Randy, what's going on, man? Not much, man. And they also sound the best tight end ever played in Georgia, too. But, I mean, I don't want to bring all that in. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, my man. I'm good, man. Good. Glad to be on the show, man. Well, I used to do a show with a guy who probably wouldn't say he was the greatest, but a guy from Swainsboro, Georgia, who played for the Titans, uh, my former show, Brown and Troop with Ben Troop. Uh, ben was okay, but he had a much shorter career than you had. Uh, yeah, ben, 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 I know Ben. I know Ben. I, I I hosted Ben on his visit to Georgia, and all I remember is his mama told me, "You better not be giving my son none of those devil poisons while y'all out tonight." <laughs> and that's all I remember. And she scared me to death, but I love me some Ben Troop. Yeah, I mean Troop. Troop is a very straight edge guy. I don't. I don't think he drinks. I don't think he really no, smokes. He <laughs> uh, he's very straight edge. He. Uh, when he was here, he didn't understand how great New York pizza was and thought Pizza Hut was better, and then I had to show him around yeah. some New York pizza. Uh, he's a country boy. He is. He's a country boy. Yeah. He's a, he is what he is. What you call like just a live wire without any alcohol. He is. <laughs> he is. Like, he is drunk off life, man. He's a great guy, man. Yeah, he definitely is, and uh, he uh, he loves Publix. I know that he's a big Publix guy. <laughs> um, and Kroger. Some there's this Kroger place down there. What is that? A grocery store? I don't even know what it is. Dude, have you ever been to the South, man? Yeah, Kroger is a great. I mean, Kroger is a great place. Publix, I love Publix. I just came to Publix today. I'm about to make dinner for the family. I had to go to Publix. <laughs> I like Publix. Publix, Publix nice. subs are the best subs there are. That's, I mean, people get mad at me like when I say that, but yeah. it, 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 it's true. Yeah, this is this is tight ends is uniting. I mean, he would say the exact same thing about Publix. I just didn't know what Kroger. We had Jamal Anderson on. He's talking about Kroger. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I think I saw one in Virginia. I was in Virginia over the weekend. And I saw one, but it was just like a gas station, basically. You got. You need to get out more. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, uh, yeah, you need to come down to South. Well, my right? family yeah. lives outside Charlotte, so I know the South. I've I lived there yeah. for a year. Um, but I, Kroger, Piggly Wiggly. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> Piggly <laughs> Wiggly. I heard of that Piggly too. Wiggly. Jeez. Piggly, well, I mean, Piggly Wiggly. Wiggly is where they have all the dent cans. So, you know, <laughs> so a food depot. I mean, oh, I think man. Anyway, in the South, we got to do what we got to do to eat. Yeah, I feel you. I'm a New Yorker, so I'm I'm about that New York pizza and chicken yeah, parm yeah. and 
all that stuff. Uh, let's let's talk some football here. I could talk food all day with my <laughs> big ass belly. Um, but the, the the former team, and you said you're the best tight end there. The Miami Dolphins are shocking the world with the way they beat the Falcons. What the hell happened to the Falcons, and what the hell happened igniting the Dolphins on Sunday in that in that crazy win? Well, the first thing I'm I'm, I'm gonna talk about are are my Dolphins. Uh, mm-hmm. I was happy that they won the game. It was great being there in the stadium and. And, and interacting with all the Dolphin fans that came over and wanted to take pictures and everything, they just the one the first thing they did because I just watched the uh, the game this morning. We watched it. They just dominated the line of scrimmage on the Falcons, and we know the Falcons are built for speed. They're not that big. They want to run sideline to sideline and make plays that way. But what the, the Dolphins were able to do is they were able to just go straight at Atlanta, and Atlanta couldn't stop it. And I was. We were talking to uh, Jimmy Seffler, who is the, uh, the the voice of the Dolphins uh, on the pregame show with me and Mike Conti, and we were talking about Jay Cutler. And I mean, and I'm I'm no fan of Jay Cutler, or whatever. Jay Cutler played a marvelous second half, other than the interception, which Grady Jarrett late hit. If he didn't late hit him, that's a bad interception. But he played so well. They didn't have miraculous numbers. Jarvis Lander did what he did as far as making people bounce off of him and get that extra yard for the first down. But the run game, I mean, Jack Jack had 26 carries for over 130 yards. That was the deciding factor. Now, to the Falcons, they just got whipped, and they did. I mean, up front, the Dolphins on both sides of the football were able to whip them. And that has been the Falcons working for the Atlanta Falcons, and you got to break down tape and everything, as I do. Every time they have a negative play, it's usually because somebody's losing that one-on-one battle. And that's where I see this team right now. And it's bad because they're still trying to live down the 28-3 to thing. Mm-hmm. And now you've blown a 17-point league going into a weekend where you're playing a team that you blew it in the Super Bowl. So things are uh, – I don't want to say panic around here, but as you know, you've been around fans so long, mm-hmm. you know, the buzz is coming around. Is this a Super Bowl hangover? Yeah, and I mean, you you lose to the Dolphins like that, and, and it's not getting any easier, Randy. They got the Patriots, as you said, and then coming up later on the Panthers, Cowboys, Seahawks, uh, and then you got your divisional games, and then the Panthers to end the season again. I mean, you got to be a little concerned here, especially considering that their three wins weren't too convincing, and the one versus the Bears, they really should have lost if if Butterfingers weren't passed around the entire <laughs> Bears locker room uh, at halftime. Uh, it's it's got to be concerning to think, hey, this team, you would think, hey, we're we're winning this division, we're winning the South. Now the South is up for grabs. Oh yeah, there's two reasons. Okay, you look at what the they, they should have lost to Chicago. Mm-hmm. If a call in Detroit goes the other way, they lose that game. I mean, the only real good game that they played was probably the first three quarters of the of the Green Bay Packers game mm-hmm. and the first half of the Dolphins game. They played really well, but for some reason they have a hard time closing out uh, out games. The South right now, and I'm not going to jump on that Saints defense bandwagon right now because that's what everybody's saying. The Saints are playing enough defense for the win. You know Drew Brees is going to put up points. You saw that they can run the football when it's not, well, do I give Adrian this carry or do I give it to Mark or do I give it to Kamara? Just give it to uh, Mark Ingram. He is their bell cow, that, that bell cow running. You saw that with the performance he had on Sunday. Cam, he looked good. No, no. Cam looked great against uh, against New England. He looked great. Great. Now you go to the Philly game. What happened? I don't know. A couple of those interceptions weren't his fault. So we don't know what Carolina is. Tampa Bay, I still think they are not ready yet for prime time. Mm -hmm. They've had a lot of injuries, and I keep saying this about Tampa. I want to see how they are when their first 
22 are all healthy and on the field and see what they look like because they've had injuries at key positions. But right now I still think the Falcons are the most talented team in the division. And right now they're going on the road for three straight weeks. That could help a team because everybody knows as a player on a team, the road, playing on the road just brings your team closer together because you have a focus. You're in a hotel with just your friend, your teammates. There's no outside distractions. So I, I'm hoping that these three games on the road will help the Falcons. And that's so odd. You rarely see a team play three games consecutive on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they, I mean, they need to sh- shake it up after the last two home losses. What's the feel there around the new stadium? I mean, it, how, uh, it, how is it, the new stadium? It's unbelievable. It is a it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful building. And it's so crazy when, I have to, when I'm driving to work and you're driving down Northside Drive and you see where the Georgia Dome is. But this Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it just towers. It's basically like the Georgia Dome, it's in the way. I mean, it is an unbelievable stadium. And I don't, I mean, I didn't expect anything less with a man like Arthur Blank. I mean, Arthur Blank is, he's a phenomenal owner, phenomenal businessman. I mean, uh, you talk about just first-class everything. I I know you heard about the soccer team here at Atlanta United, how the fans are just ruckus, and it's like one of the best uh, home fields in all of MLS. It is a beautiful, beautiful building. Now, that LED light, it gets a little bright, and, and, and I'm sure they're, try, they're trying to figure those things out. But uh, other than not opening the uh, the top of the stadium, it is a gorgeous building. And on the food side, because we got to talk about food no. here, uh, <laughs> aren't the prices cheaper there or something, or is that not yeah, true? Yeah, man. I mean, they got dollar hot dogs. And, I mean, it's real. I mean, just the, the, now hold on. The essential stuff, you know, the usual. Like popcorn uh, and the game. Like when we were younger. To go to the games with like the popcorn and the hot dogs and mm-hmm. the soda and the nachos, those are real cheap. Now there's other stuff in there now where you got to pay for it, like you know different like steak places and all that. <laughs> but I mean, what, and un- unlimited refills on soda, they have that there. Wow. But uh, the fans have seem to enjoy it. And I mean, every time I go in there for work, I mean, I feel it all if you just look at how beautiful it is inside. So there's no like five dollar beers there. No, 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 no. Well, I, well, I think it's like six dollars for for a beer, and you know I me, mean? I love my beer, so, but I refuse to pay six dollars for one beer. That's, that's not just, bad that, though that's for a stadium. Me. That's not bad at all. Yeah, but I mean, it's a great price, man. And once again, like I said, the fans they 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 love it. But what the Falcons need to do is they need to make it an advantage by winning. Mm-hmm. And, and that's I mean, what's what's the use of having this beautiful stadium if you're not winning in it? What's the use of having eight beers for fifty bucks again, drunk? If your team's gonna lose, I mean, you wanna, you wanna have that cheap deal and and hit Publix after and hit Kroger after and get your sandwiches <laughs> uh, and have yourself a hell of a Sunday. But it can't end in an L. Uh, so we'll see if the Falcons. Falcons page is gonna be a hell of a rematch on Sunday. Both teams have had a shaky start, uh, but both teams are right there. In the race, we're talking with Randy McMichael on the Jake Brown Show. Follow him on Twitter at Randy Mac eighty uh, one. Another former squad you played for is the L.A. Rams, who have mm-hmm. shocked us all so far at four and two. Todd Gurley's looking like a star. Um, what's your overall take on the Rams here? Can they win this division? Well, it's crazy because before the beginning of the year, me and my uh, co-host, uh, me and John Chuckery, we were doing like who's going to win what division, and I said that Seattle will win the West. I think Arizona might be better, but I said the L.A. Rams are going to make the playoffs because of the fact that they got a guy that helps quarterbacks. I always thought that Jared Goff was drafted into the worst offensive situation a young quarterback can be in. Jeff Fisher, and we still don't to this day, don't know how he continues to have job, have that job as long as he did. 
But at the same time, they could not develop quarterbacks. They had the most predictable. I remember I think Todd, Gray, Todd Gurley said it was a middle school type offense. Todd run up the middle. But the key thing they did is they went out and got offensive linemen to help. They went out and got a veteran like uh, Whitworth from uh, Cincinnati, the guy, leadership, star with the left tackle. They're being creative with Todd Gurley. They're not just handing the ball up the middle. They're throwing it to him more. You see that, I mean, I still want to see Sammy Watkins more involved, but I love that tight end Everett. I loved him when he was coming out. I said, he is Josh, he is uh, McVay's Josh Reed in this offense. You saw that with the shovel pass he caught um, against uh, Jacksonville on Sunday. But I am loving this team. Only thing I have, only doubt I have is that run defense. As good as Aaron Donald is, he's a penetrating defensive lineman. He can play the run, but he's, he, his sole purpose is to get after the quarterback. And I think a lot of that has to do with that 3-4. A lot of them are – they don't have a lot of 3-4 personnel. They have good players that are playing in positions, but they don't have that personnel, right? So that's what scares me is their run defense. And we're, I mean, the fact that they're four and two with Sammy Watkins almost non-existent mm-hmm. so far. This guy can show up. We've seen some, some shade, a little bit of uh, shade here and there from Cooper Cup, who's looked okay. But I mean, if if Watkins shows up, this offense could even be even more dangerous. Uh, they've scored forty-six, twenty, forty-one, thirty-five. Uh, had the bad game against Seahawks, and then twenty-seven. So this team is scoring at will with Watkins not even there. Uh, so really, the sky is the limit. For this Rams team, I said they'd win six or less, but I look like an idiot now. They look like they should be at least an eight and eight team. Uh, we'll see. Your other team you played for is finally getting the winning column here the last couple of weeks. The L.A. Chargers. Uh, I my guess is you'd imagine this is not a playoff team and probably another Rivers seven and nine, eight and eight team. But I think based on personnel, they should be a playoff team. And my favorite phrase on Twitter is. Damn kickers. I mean, I... Young ho, I, man. Young ho coo. Damn kickers. But at the same time, I mean, you just look at the transition. Uh, my wife is from Los Angeles. We were out there a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were driving, and uh, we actually went by the uh, by the uh, stadium and where they're at. It just seems like it's just that transition. It's, it's not working. And I know there are a lot of jokes coming out talking about they want to send them back to San Diego and all these things in the home field because... While my wife went to the uh, Dolphins and Chargers game, and she was like, there were more Dolphin fans than Chargers fans. Hmm. I don't think, as big as LA is, I don't think two teams will work there. And and But I can say that, but if you're winning, fans will come support. But right now, it just seems like it's an awkward fit. And I just think that the two wins that they've gotten, it just shows that these guys are going to fight. Everybody knows how much I think of Phillip Rivers, how much I love that guy. And he seemed to me, he's willing to team along with that young Melvin Gordon and running back. Hunter Henry, I think he's going to be a superstar tight end taking over for Antonio Gates. What's the deal with Mike Williams? I think they're afraid to say that this kid is damaged goods right now and we want to put him on IR and wait for him next year. But I think they're afraid because they spent such a high draft kick on him. Defensively, they're having trouble against the run. But they're, I don't, I'm trying to figure out if they're a better book in rushers than Joey Bolsa and Melvin Ingram right now. What was it like playing with Rivers? Obviously, we we know. I, I've heard he doesn't really curse, which doesn't seem no, like he doesn't curse. Not really. No, he does, his favorite words are "dag nabbit" and "shoot." <laughs> so, but no, I I just remember this when I when I when I decided I was going to go to San Diego, and it was so crazy because I got the, I I was going to Vegas for Memorial Day. Agent Rosa House calls me. He's like, I just called the phone with Norm. What do you think about going to San Diego? Like, why would I go to San Diego? I'm a, I'm a tight end one. They got gates there. I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And then I sat around with at the pool with my boys. They were like, man, San Diego might be a good fit. And then it was so happened that some of the Chargers players were there. I'm over and just talking with them and everything, having a good time. 
And I called Drew. I said, you know, I, I think I'll do the San Diego thing. And so I call them. They're like, well, can you come in Tuesday? So I fly from Vegas over to uh, to San Diego, do my physical and everything. And when I walk in the building, now I know this is the off season. When I walk in the building, the first person in the lobby is Philip Rivers to greet me. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I was like, this dude, I mean, he is, he's fiery. Yes, he he gets after, he's a trash talker, but there's not a smarter quarterback. He calls out everything. And if, and if any defensive player that's played against their team, Phillip calls everything out. Now, Phillip starts pressing when they get behind and wants to make every play sometimes. That's why he throws so many damn interceptions. <laughs> but, I mean, you you won't find a better leader at the quarterback position number 17. Did you like going there? Your numbers dipped, and obviously you're behind Gates. I mean, you talked about Rivers, but, I mean, do you feel like that was the best spot for you? I, I really did. At, at the time, I didn't because I was never – I mean, they were like nervous. You know, when I sat down, they were like, you're going to have to play special teams. You know we run 12 personnel, so you're going to be on the field 80% of the time, but you're not going to catch all the balls you used to and everything. But the thing about it was I just wanted to – I was never about – catching balls. I just love playing football. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest thing going there was I knew I was going to be the blocking tight end. I knew that I was going to play teams. But the thing about it is I prepared like I was a starter because I started with eight years in a row. I started, I mean, yeah, eight years in a row. I started every game in my career. And so my first year there, I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be a breeze. I'm going to be a blocking tight end, maybe get two or three balls. And then Gates has his foot injury. So I'm thrusted to the starter's job. So, mm-hmm. But the thing about it was that I always prepared myself like a starter so i didn't have a, it wasn't a big transition but i tell everybody else and that was one of the best things that i ever did for my career because you know you leave in st louis and you guys are one we won in 15 my last year there and it was miserable and i was like thinking all our season do i want to play football anymore because i just can't take it but i went out to san diego and i was rejuvenated and i had a great time out there randy mcmichael joining us on the jake brown show and yeah, it's an interesting career because, I mean, you dominated in Miami. I mean, you could have not been in a better spot in Miami. While you guys didn't make the playoffs, I mean, you put up some crazy numbers there. Yeah, I did. I mean, that was the thing about it. I was, like I said, I was tight in one. And then when I went to St. Louis, I'm like, okay, shoot, we got Torrey, we got Ike and Steven Jackson and Mark Bolger and Orlando Pace. I'm the missing piece on this offense. Mm-hmm. And then the first damn game, Orlando Pace goes down, and our season goes to crap. We can't protect. We can't do anything. Mark Bolger was shell-shocked, and I became an offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how I went in St. Louis. Well, weren't you an offensive tackle in high school? No. You were offensive I was lineman. a tight end, but, I was a, but in high school we didn't have a tight end coach, so I was always with the offensive line. So that's how I won best offensive lineman because I was with the, with the, with the O-line, and they didn't have a best receiver on that team. So that's what everybody always says to me. Didn't you uh, – weren't you an offensive – no, I was a tight end, even though I did go to offensive line camp down in Georgia Southern. But, uh, mm-hmm. no, I was always a tight end. And those offensive linemen, we know, have a lot of Kroger's and a lot of public sandwiches, <laughs> uh, more than you got. Uh, we're talking 300 pounds. What are you, you're like 240, 250, right? Oh, no, right now I, I got the dad body. I got the retirement body, man. I'm about 265 right now, man. <laughs> yeah, you know. Those yeah, public so. sandwiches. Yeah, the public sandwiches and, 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 and drinking good. And, 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 and like I said, I, I'm the soccer dad now. I'm the retired. I'm the carpool pop now. Wake up! I wake up. Still wake up at five o'clock every morning. Get up because uh, if you have kids, you know that there's not a lot of time in the day that you have to yourself. I know they don't get up to six thirty to get ready for school, so that hour and a half is all I have out my day. So I still wake up, have my coffee, uh, watch some sports, take some notes down, so I get ready for the show. 
Randy, please don't tell me. I know you're soccer dad and all. Do you do not drive like a Toyota Sienna? I do not. I drive a Suburban. I, I would never okay. drive a van. Okay, it it never get it never get that bad in the McMichael household that I have to get a van <laughs> because I love my children. I just aren't fond of everybody else's kids. So if I get to the point where I start getting fond of everybody else's kids, that I might have to get a van. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, I, I worry about. <laughs> Grown men who drive minivans. Um, it's always a scare of mine. Uh, Randy McMichael joining us. Uh, are you sick of the whole national anthem kneeling, standing, sitting? Is, is that story? I mean, are you sick of it by now? Uh, it, it's so irritating now because the whole message, the original message, is lost. It is, and the president hijacked it. And we all know why he hijacked it, why he hijacked the message. The president's not going good, so we had to find something. There's no better place to be than down in Alabama where he was at to say something like that because. We all know who the SOBs are because we all know who the players that were kneeling were. Mm-hmm. And it's getting to a point where now and you got Jerry Jones grandstanding. None of his players ever kneeled, but he comes out. And I told, and I said this on our show when we were doing the, uh, the, the uh, Soccer Radio Network, I told him, I was like, Jerry Jones could have kept that damn knee, okay, because it was all for show. And it's a damn shame that the players got upset about it. It, 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 it amazed me they, did, they didn't realize that it was all for show with Jerry. And I mean, and then you have the Saints. I'm like, what are you taking a knee for before the anthem? What does that cause? What does that do? And and another thing I get irritated about is every time a quarterback goes down, oh, well, Kaepernick, Kaepernick, Kaepernick. Let these people coach their team. If they don't want to let Kaepernick, we we all know why Colin Kaepernick will never play in the NFL again. And it has nothing to do with talent. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, Mike McCarthy got upset about it. Now, he's a jack. Jack Blank, he should have answered the question, but you could tell that he was getting tired of it because if you notice his press conference when he came out and talked about Aaron, before anybody asked him a question, he said, our quarterback room is fine. We don't need anybody from the outside because he already knew what it was going to be. Now, do I think Colin Kaepernick is a superstar quarterback? No. But do I think he's damn sure better than like a lot of these guys? You're damn right I do. Yeah, and I think the issue, part of it is that Kaepernick's not coming out and telling us all, like, hey, I want to play and I want to play right now. Uh, now he's filing the grievance, I guess, against owners. Good um, luck with that. And, and, yeah. and that's another thing. I Good luck mean, against billion-dollar owners. Yeah. We all know why he's not, why he doesn't have a job. But to find the proof, like an email or something that says these owners got together and said that, I don't think it's out there. And that's going to be a hard case for him to win. I applaud him for doing what he's doing. But I just think it's going to be hard for him to prove that 30 32 owners, I mean, sorry, 31 owners and another, you know, how the Packers are owned or whatever, got together and said, I'm not getting them, you're not getting them, we're keeping out of the league. That's just going to be hard to prove. And don't you think that hurts any possible chance of him returning to the NFL? I don't think he was going to be in the NFL anyways, because mm-hmm. I remember back when free agency started, and everybody was like, well, and I was one of those guys, Colin to be on the roster, Colin to be on the roster. Then it got closer to the draft. Colin still be on the roster. Don't worry about it. And then they got the training camp, and it was like, okay, when the quarterback goes down, he will get his opportunity. Quarterbacks have been going down left and right, and they bring out freaking Brandon Weeden, go get a jo- gets a job. Guys we've never heard of are getting jobs. If that doesn't let you know that something's going on, I mean, if, if, you, if that can hold up in court, he'll win. But that's the thing about it. I don't know if that can hold up in court. Yeah, Matt Castle, and then the excuse I mean, is really? it doesn't work Matt in the Castle? offense. I mean, come on, man. And he probably work in the Packers offense, but even they're passing up on him, and we'll see with Brett Huntley. What do you What do you think of Brett Huntley? Do you think he could keep this team in a playoff race? 
No, but I'm interested to see because he's one of those guys that I always get on that took some bad information, left school early when they should have stayed, and develop a little bit more. Him, Brad Kaya, uh, I mean, he was uh, just released. Deron right? Dave, I mean, the list is so long of these quarterbacks. Just stay in school. Don't be in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And but he's been in the system a long time, and that's the thing about it is that he knows the system. All right, now is he Aaron Rodgers? Hell, nobody's Aaron Rodgers. But can they still call their game plan? Yeah, because when you look at what Aaron Rodgers does, how much is it is just improv- improvisation where he's just back there playing around because his talent is so immense he can do that. Now, they're going to have to play a lot more in the structure of the offense with Hundley. But I'm interested to see because I loved him at UCLA, but I still thought he should have stayed one more year. I agree. And these guys got to say, look, with Kai, you mentioned, I mean, the guy was released today, and these guys could go to the NFL all they want for the money. Enjoy your, what, $25,000 signing bonus, and then yeah. enjoy your one season in the NFL, and then not get your pension of fifty grand plus a year uh, if you don't play four years, and, and you're screwed. So the, and I, that's why I love Deshaun Watson. The guy played his entire career at Clemson. He won a championship, and now he's showing why he's a star, and he's absolutely dominating the NFL because of all those years in college and the winning and the veteran and leadership and the experience. Yeah, and, and you look at what Kai, what Miami is doing right now. I love Rosier, the quarterback, but he's a guy who stinks the whole first half and comes alive the second half. Imagine if Kaya came back with that team they have right now. Mm-hmm. Miami will be even better, I think, but I don't. I just don't understand because it's like, and, and you being here in the South, you know how big you know how big recruiting is and all mm-hmm. that. And I watch the recruiting shows, and especially on signing day, and you look at these kids. And the first thing that comes out their mouth when they got nine hats in front of them for my next three to four years, like they're already making, they've already made their departure plan. I'm here for three years and I'm out no matter what. And these, and they don't, they come in with the wrong mindset because social media, they see all this glitz and glam. And it's so funny because I tell these people, especially on the radio all the time, I'm like, you know that there were private planes and all these parties and money and fancy cars before Instagram and Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. You know that, right? It, it, it ain't nothing new, but for some reason, they feel like they got to rush and get to it. These guys doing it for the snap, doing it for the gram. These yeah, I, and I make fun because my son, it's so funny, my son, he, you know, his friends come over and we're laughing and having a good time. He's like, listen, man, you've never done that. And I'm like, let me tell you something, young man. I've done everything on this planet, okay? I've partied <laughs> all over this world. Just because <laughs> I don't have it on my phone or anything, because we didn't do that. We just went out and had a good time. Now it's Everything, it's not true or you didn't do it unless you let everybody know you did it. Oh, it didn't happen unless it's on the gram or Snapchat. Yeah, I mean, it didn't I'm, I'm 26, so I know all about the millennial. Uh, oh, you're a millennial. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I try to not be like that, but I mean, it uh, is true. It's just like, oh, it didn't happen if you didn't get it on online. And uh, that's the way of the world these days. It's, yeah, it is. It's man. It is. Um, Georgia, last one, Georgia Bulldogs. Are you guys about to run the table, these Bulldogs? Well, I mean, back in March, I was talking about this team, and of course, because I'm the only dog on our um, that works at our station, and they're like, "How do you think that they're going to be?" I said, first of all, I think the defense will be one of the best defenses in the country," and they were like, "You mean in the SEC?" I said, "No, they will be one of the best defenses in the country because Kirby is going to demand that of them." And I'm telling you, I went up to practice last year, mm-hmm. and if you could have seen the pace, and they were dropping like flies, they were so tired. Kirby's running like split practice though on one half they're on one half I mean they're going back and back and back and they're falling out and I said because Kirby they're going to they're going to understand what Kirby wants out of this defense so you got Lorenzo Carter comes back Bellamy comes back I think Roquan Smith has played better than any linebacker in college football 
and he's worked him way himself into being a first round draft pick. That's how good he is. Offensively, we got a stable of running backs. My biggest thing was going to be the offensive line. They have that settled. They have receivers. My thing was, who's going to be the quarterback? Is Jacob Eason ready to take that step? He gets hurt. Jake Fromm comes in. Jake Fromm is a guy that you just love playing with. He's like an Aaron Murray type guy. And last week you saw that they forced him to throw the ball more, and he was able to do that. Had a freshman turnover, but, I mean, that was a heck of a play by the middle linebacker with a one-handed interception. They believe in this guy. And I think this team is really, really good. Now, am I ready to say they're going to run the table, beat Alabama, go to the National Championship? I'm not going to say that. Can they do it? You're damn right they can because they are pretty pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. They got Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, Kentucky, Georgia Tech on the schedule, and then potentially the boys in Alabama for the SEC Championship should be a good one. Randy McMichael, 92-9 the game, catch him in the Falcons pregame as they play the Patriots Sunday night, the Super Bowl rematch. Randy Mac 81 on Twitter. Randy, good talking to you, man. Talk again soon, and uh, have a public sandwich for me this week. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, my man. Anytime you need me, I'm here for you. I appreciate it. And I'm going to go get a, 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 a foot-long Italian sub from Publix right now. Or a Piggly Wiggly, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.